Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a certified health coach, certified personal trainer, and soon to be a certified brain rewiring coach. We're going to be talking about all things training, nutrition, mindset, and hormone balancing for the Lady Climber. You can learn more about me and the services I offer over at ladybetacoaching.com and over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching. Let's dive in. I have got such a great interview lined up for you today with Jenna. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview, but first, a couple of updates from me. So if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, Thursday, February 18th, that means that enrollment for Synergy is closing next week. We start on March 1st, and I could not be more excited. We have so many phenomenal women in this group already, and there are just six spots left. So if you've been thinking about brain rewiring, and if you know this is something that really resonates with you, something you feel really called to do, I would love to have you apply for the program. You can find all of the info using the show notes. I will put the link in there. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me via email, via Instagram. My handle is at ladybeta.coaching. I would love to have you in the program. And with brain rewiring, this is something that I'm really trying to showcase all of the different things that you can use brain rewiring for. For me, I went in so narrow-minded, you know, just sports performance and growing my business. And really what I got out of it was so much more than that. I finally feel like I kind of like got my freedom back. I feel so much more able to express my emotions. I'm able to actually handle emotions now because I know that emotions are not a bad thing. I'm able to let my guard down. And honestly, I just feel so much more free. So if brain rewiring is something that is really, really calling to you, I would really recommend that you apply because I'm not sure at what point in time I'm going to be running this program again. I get that question a lot. Chelsea, are you going to run this again? And to be honest, like I just, I can't say yes and I can't say no. I'm unsure, but I know that this round of Synergy is going to be the highest support program that I offer because with brain rewiring, it is so important that you have a very supportive container in order to work through some of these deeper issues. Things like shadow work, inner child healing, trauma healing, it really requires a lot of of energy. So for me, I'm able to show up fully and really support my clients through this process. And it's a very energy intensive thing. So for right now, this is the round. So if it's been calling to you, there's not ever been a better time to apply. You can learn more on my website as well, ladybetacoaching.com slash synergy. And I am so excited for you to listen to this interview with Jenna. Today we have Jenna here. I am super excited because Jenna was actually in the same certification program that I was in for brain rewiring and kind of had a similar experience to where she went in with very specific things that she wanted to rewire for herself and came out on the other side, you know, with kind of like bonus effects from that. So I'm really excited to get into this. So Jenna, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to my audience so they can get to know you a little bit more. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Jenna. And so I'm an intuitive movement coach and brain rewiring coach. Um, I live in Boston and I started out working primarily with clients um, in their movement with anyone with chronic pain, doing small group training and one-on-one. And then I created a movement membership because I felt like people needed um, a more balanced movement diet. And now I've transitioned to also working with clients um, through mindset, using human design and brain rewiring, working through past traumas and inner child healing and all that fun stuff. So I don't have very like, 
set thing. I sort of do a bunch of different things because I have this whole like everything is connected and everybody needs something different approach. So I like to draw from a bunch of different modalities um, as I work with people. So oh, yeah, hopefully it. that gives you somewhat of an idea of what I'm doing over here. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, you're obviously multi-passionate and everything is going to be connected, you know, like it's, it's so hard to be like, okay, I do this one thing and that's going to work what works for everybody essentially. So tell me a little bit more about intuitive movement, because I think with my audience, you know, primarily being rock climbers or people that are interested in fitness, like I heard that and I was like, Ooh, what's that? I want to, I want to learn more. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I just, obviously a lot of us come to these, um, coaching, uh, modalities from our own personal experience. So I started out with a condition called psoriatic arthritis. It's kind of like a combination of rheumatoid arthritis with psoriasis. And so it's an autoimmune family. And so about seven or eight years ago, they wanted me to take, they, meaning the Western medicine doctors, wanted me to take a really intense medication called Humira, which you probably see commercials for it. It's an injection. And at the time I, um, wasn't as, far along on this journey as I was, but I just had this feeling like, okay, there has to be another way. And so basically I set out on this sort of biomechanics, body um, therapy world, like path a, a little different than like, I wasn't approaching it from a, I need to lose weight perspective, which I think a lot of people um, find themselves in the fitness world from wanting to change their body in that way. I just was in so much pain. Like I had so much back pain, so much pelvic and hip swelling pain. I was really young and I couldn't stand on my feet for very long. But, and so I loved exercise and it hurt me. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I feel broken. Something's wrong, whatever. So that's how I set out on this movement journey. And, um, it led me to a bunch of different, um, you know, yoga studios that had different approaches than, than I had ever heard of and seen. I found anatomy trains and started learning about the myofascial lines, connecting our tissues together and just like totally different frameworks for understanding the body and movement. And so, so anyway, how I found intuitive movement was like, oh, a lot of us aren't listening to our bodies. We sort of found this, um, like for whatever reason, like our culture and society, whatever moved to this fitness approach that was like, this is what you need to do. And so I was like running 30 miles a week and I wasn't doing anything else. And I was like, why am I in pain? Why I, I'm supposed to be healthy. You know, this is what I was told. Right. And like, I just had to completely redefine fitness and movement for myself and, and then realize like, wow, um, I wasn't listening to my body at all. I thought I was coming at, approaching this from a place of health and self-care, but I was actually really like doing myself a huge disservice and causing myself a lot of problems. So when I say intuitive movement, I say one, um, like I, I like to use it in two different ways. Like one, on one hand, it's like each day, what does my, what is truly healthy and um, like great for my body today, whether that's a restorative yoga class or going on that run, right? Like it's going to depend. And then the second way I use intuitive movement is like when I'm doing my exercise, where is my mind and am I in my body? And can I adjust my pelvic position or my rib cage or my foot and ankle position as I am moving through my exercises so that I'm getting the most out of them and moving optimally. And so when I work with clients, like I really help them work on their body awareness so that they can move intuitively while they're exercising. And then I also try to help them figure out a movement routine or structure that has balance, but also helps them feel great and energized each day. 
So that's sort of the short version of intuitive movement. <laughs> right. No, it's so <laughs> from important. From my perspective. Yes, it's so important because I think, yeah, so many of us come from like, oh, these are things that I've picked up or these are things that I've heard about fitness that I just like, I feel like I should do. And then you wind up and you're like, I feel awful or you develop autoimmune conditions like you did, you know, and it's like, what would be the first thing that you kind of dive into with people on like, if they aren't used to listening to their bodies whatsoever, because a lot of the people that I tend to work with, they're in the same boat. They're like, well, I had this hard workout planned and I feel like, you know, total trash, but I'm going to do it anyway, because they think they're going to get the benefits and the gains from it. So what would you say to that person? Yeah. Well, first I would just sort of take a pause and validate that it makes sense that their first inclination is to force themselves to do it anyway, because most of us were taught, especially I'm assuming in the climbing world, like I just think back to even high school sports. It's like, it was a badge of honor to push through the pain, or it was like, that was going to, how you were going to succeed would be to push through the pain and do it anyway. So first, like it makes sense. Like take a pause. Like no one's crazy. Um, like we all have been fed these messages. And then I would offer like a reframe and depending on, you know, somebody's openness to trying something new, like, and depending on what they were struggling with, whether it was like, they didn't feel like they couldn't feel, they didn't feel like they had the motivation to do the workout or whether like physically their body was hurting their low back or they were having like an injury type of thing. Like if it was the motivation thing, I would definitely say, okay, like what if you just took a slow walk outside, like started some grounding, got your shoes off, walked in the grass and still gave yourself a gold star 100% for doing, for doing that for today. And just pause for a second and know that you, that is optimal. You are treating your body as best as possible because you are choosing this. If somebody was working with like an injury type thing or pain, and then I would, I would, um, I would recommend that they like do something like, like literally in that moment, like get on the floor, lay on the ground, put their, come to a 90, 90 position with like their heels on a chair or put their legs up the wall and like put their hands on their belly and their heart and like tune into their breath and let their whole nervous system relax. Because usually if we're having like pain somewhere, it's like our body feels like we're not listening to it. We're ignoring it in some way and like changing our shape like that can be really restorative and calming for the nervous system. But again, I wouldn't recommend that you push through that. Um, like, through that pain, especially with, with your audience, it's like everyone seems pretty highly motivated to do all of the things. So usually that's the kind of person that doesn't need a kick in the butt to get moving. It's usually the opposite and, and helping yourself wrap your brain around the idea that actually by doing these things that are more restorative, more recovery based, like everything you want in quotes or everything you're hoping to gain is going to actually happen. Um, but you have to like take a step back in order to take a step forward. And one last thing, and then I'll pause and take breaths. I know I'm talking fast, but like, it's like, I had a really hard time like wrapping my head around this, but when I started to like do a workout for an hour that didn't involve me sweating or even really getting too much out of breath, but it involved me learning like things about my rib cage, my pelvis, my TVA muscle, my, my feet, like, like different parts of my body that I hadn't paid attention to. I started to wake up different muscles. And so I might move for an hour and I might not sweat or get my heart rate up too high, but it would be like really challenging in a whole new way. And it was really restorative for me. It lessened my inflammation. And now it's 
years later and I'm able to, when I choose to work out intensely, actually enjoy it in a whole new way. So like I actually promise that this approach really does work. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so, it's so good because yeah, I think a lot of people's metrics of success right now from a workout are like, did I sweat a ton? And am I like totally wrecked and super sore? Am I totally exhausted by the end of the workout? And you and I both know that like, yes, that might quote seem like it's effective, but it's probably keeping you farther away from the goals that you have. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it ends up holding us back and we don't even realize because we've been on autopilot program to to do what you just said, like end our workout so depleted and think that is like the goal and and that's like what's going to lead us where we're supposed to go and it's it's actually so backwards like if we could all end our workouts actually feeling better than when we started and when i say better i mean more energized and more integrated not better meaning like oh i, I feel like i can't walk or i'm like so sweaty that like i'm going to like you know lay on the ground like lay on the floor for the rest of the day cuz i can't move or have energy to do anything else like maybe sometimes right you can do that occasionally but for the most part if you can end your workout feeling better than when you started then in the long if you're playing the long game like long term your climbing or your fitness goals or whatever are going to be better one, two, three, ten, twenty years from now than is than if you um, go the depletion punishment route. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's literally you're just giving everybody permission right now to kind of like take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit and you'll actually get to your destination quicker than you would have before. Yeah. I have clients ask me all the time. They're like, okay, well, at the end of this workout, like I don't feel totally like exhausted and trashed. So like, can I add some extra core? And I'm like, you can, like, I'm not going to tell you, you can't do anything, but really like sit and think about like, why do you feel like you have to add extra things and think about all of that pressure that you're feeling like, where is that coming from? Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's something else to, to think about is like, can you change a variable that makes it challenging for you in a different way? Because I think what happens to you is we only ever challenge ourselves in the same way. So it's like, you're only ever challenging yourself in that way. That's like, get my heart up and sweat in this way every time. And that's like the, the goal, but it's like, okay, but what if like, like, for example, what if you switch to nose breathing for your entire workout? Well, like, let me know how it goes. Okay. Like nose breathing, everyone should, should read the oxygen advantage and like get on that, get on that train. But, but like, it's like, what if you actually worked out for 30 minutes instead of an hour and tried to nose breathe your way through it? Like I would, you know, that's like, a new variable and it's introducing like if you really like challenging yourself like can you challenge yourself in a new way because when our bodies just get the same stimulus or the same input over and over we end up just like running revving the engine running ourselves into the ground and it it doesn't actually end up being more helpful or like i would like when they ask well can i do more core or something it's like okay but but like, like you said like why like what is that going to give you or what what's missing why do you feel incomplete and i find that training things like our vestibular system or training your balance in a new way or like really moving in a way that almost challenges your brain is taxing in different ways and you don't end up feeling like you need to end the workout and add more like it's kind of like when we talk about food like if you're eating uh like a balanced diet in theory they say right like you're probably not going to finish your meal and like want something else if your meal was nutritious and you know that's not always the case and I would never say don't have like your after dinner dessert like 
huge fan of that. But like if we're if we're if we're eating or consuming a nutritious diet food wise, it's the same with movement, then you don't finish and want more. You're like, oh, I'm I'm complete here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. That's it's so empowering too because it's it really takes it from okay, the purely physical standpoint to then incorporating a lot of what you do is more of like the mindset shifts and the brain rewiring in order to get people the actual transformation that they want. So, tell me a little bit more about when you went into brain rewiring for yourself initially, like what were some of those things that you were focused on or you went in with kind of like for me I had like almost this tick list. I'm like, okay, here's all the things I want to rewire in this order and here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I have the same, the same thing. And I know our coaches were like, don't pick too many other things get rewired in the process. Um, so my, I tried to pick like one physical thing and then, um, like two sort of mindset shifts. Cause I know, I'm sure you've talked about brain rewiring on here a bunch, but like you can, you can rewire for physical changes and you can also rewire for self-limiting beliefs and sort of mental changes, which we don't realize like are actually all connected in one and the same, but that's totally fine. So I chose constipation because I feel like I came out of the womb constipated. <laughs> like I just have never um, been consistent until actually like the last like year or so. So I'm 27. I like literally have, have horror stories. Like I could tell you some wild stories about going 10 days, 14 days without pooping, like really severe constipation and bloating and I've had SIBO and candida and inflammation, all the things. Right. So my, my thing was like, I was like, okay, I want to rewire for constipation. And then for mindset, I focused on, um, not being afraid to share my gifts with the world because I was definitely having some hangups around sharing on Instagram and also um, always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So that was a phrase that was on our list of like examples of things you could rewire. And it just stuck out to me. And I was like, this is how I live. I am always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Even when things are going well, I always walk around with this feeling like it can't go well forever. So something bad's going to happen. And that stems from how I grew up um, in an alcoholic environment. So um, I know that's where it stemmed from, but like, that's, you know, awareness is great, but then how do we actually make a shift? So those are like, I'll say like the big three things that I set out to rewire. Um, and then I don't know, do you want me to share the outcome? <laughs> um, okay. So all of those three things, especially the constipation, I would say, and the fear of sharing my gifts are the two that I think I improved on the most. I can get more details if you want, but, and then, um, what, what came out of it for me that has been the most like surprising thing is like, I no longer overeat. So I, I did not set out to rewire any of my eating habits or really, um, change my body in a physical way, just because I, I had already started from like chronic, pretty serious chronic pain and have gotten myself out of the chronic pain through all my movement stuff. And a lot of like the trauma healing I already done. So I, I didn't like put it at the top of my list. Um, but I definitely have been a chronic overeater and it never felt good in my body. I was always sort of like having mind loops around it and trying to stop myself when I was full, but it never worked. Like I was always over full and, um, the, the through brain rewiring, it's like the one thing I noticed is like, oh my gosh, like I just don't overeat. Like I just don't, it's just gone. And like, that's probably been the biggest, like, <gasps> 
like this works, you know, like, of course we're coaches, we believe in this. And, you know, I see amazing things all the time, but it's still, even when something shocks you like that, that was like the biggest thing that shocked me. And it really showed me how much I, how much that was like a really grooved pattern in my, I would say in my life, but like, I I don't, I didn't, well, I don't want to frame it as like a, a bad thing. Like I think I was overeating to help to take care of myself. Like I don't think our bodies do anything that are trying to harm us. I think it was part of protection. I think it was comfort. I think it was helping me feel a sense of control and like everything was going to be okay. I always felt like, well, as long as I can eat whatever I want, even if I stuff myself, like I'll, I'll, I'll be okay. Right. And it was just an engraved pattern from a really young age and the brain rewiring. I don't like, I actually don't even have a full explanation of how exactly this got rewired, but like, I feel so much better every day because I'm not overeating. So that's my journey with rewiring. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly too, like the things, it's the little things that get rewired that you're like, wow, I didn't even go in there for this. But like, this is such an awesome bonus that because of that, like it's all worth it. And for you, I mean, you say like, I don't know exactly, you know, how that got rewired, but it was probably like doing a lot of that, like inner child healing, the shadow work and like really diving into like, okay, what was the environment that I grew up in? How is that still affecting me to this day? Because I think, you know, maybe sometimes we like to think that we can compartmentalize it, you know, keep that childhood separate. Like I'm an adult. I get to choose what I want to do today. All my decisions are my own. And we like to totally think that we're not affected by those things. But for you, like, what did you kind of find through that process? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the body never forgets and, and everything that we have experienced like stays with us. And, and that doesn't mean to say it's going to hold, it's going to hold us back as long, but, but it does require attention. And, and I agree. Like, I, I think that, um, that like starting to process my emotions very differently. And like, I think really setting aside an hour a day to pay attention to myself and my inner thoughts was like incredibly healing for some of my parts that were, and when I say parts, it's like, I have some parts of me that are still really upset and holding on to things I experienced in my childhood. I have another part that's like, no, like it doesn't bother me. I'm fine. I'm, I'm a new, I'm a new person. I have different parts. And I think giving those traumatized, really sad, upset parts attention and, and sort of talking to them and, and let them have a voice listening to them was, was like, so, um, crucial for, for my journey as far as, as rewiring. Um, it, it's, there's so much to it, you know, it's like we, it is this, you know, 15 minute one round process times four, but in, inside of that, is so much and and every round doesn't look the same and every day doesn't look the same and and but like devoting that time and how helping your parts feel heard seen and supported it's like you are almost your own coach in some ways it's like I'm here for you like I know what happened when you were four years old and you saw like for my, for me, it's like, I know it wasn't okay that you saw this happen near, you know, with your dad in front of you. And it's like, I'm here to listen. Like, and I don't know, I think that was like super helpful for a lot of my parts that are a little bit more unconscious than, um, Yeah. Does that make sense? Such a good way to put it too is like, yeah, like giving yourself that attention that you need because I always say too, like brain rewiring is for that that person that's like go, 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 never slowing down because essentially you're just trying to like repress all of that things and stay like stay preoccupied by staying busy. So giving yourself that time to let all those things come to the surface, like was that hard for you during the process? Yes and no. So 
I would say I'm pretty like open to letting things come up. Like I've been, I've been on this path for a bit now where I'm pretty much like, okay, let's dive in. I'm not with that said, the reason I said yes and no is because I consciously believe that and say that, but subconsciously, I still have a lot of parts that are petrified of going to certain places. So yes, it did become challenging in ways that shocked me. Um, and like, you know, I, I have never been somebody who journals a ton, but through this process, um, I found it so next level, incredibly helpful. And I would actually find myself journaling and I would feel like it was like a younger part that had been hurt and it, it didn't feel like me. And I would find all these tears. Like I would cry. I would stop. They would just come out of nowhere. And, but, but it wasn't like triggering or painful in the way that you think of like something acute happens in the moment and you start sobbing because something's wrong. It was like, I was almost like witnessing my younger self. And so I was able to like cry and have the emotions process those things through um without actually feeling like things were catastrophic and I was so triggered it was more of like a healing cry so but that was hard because I learned a ton like I learned a ton about like when I was writing you know like those parts they told me things that had happened they told me things that I felt about my about my parents you know oh I'll say it over and over I think a lot of our stuff in quotes comes back to our parents our relationship to our parents like it just, it just does. Like that's, that's from my perspective. That's what I've seen with like all my clients, like it all, a lot comes back to the parents. Right. Um, anyway, so I would just learn like, Oh, you, you feel all these things about, about your dad or whatever. And I, I didn't even really know I was still holding on to a lot of those feelings. I had, I had thought I had, um, gotten past them. And so that's where it's like, it's like, we might think that we are okay or moved on or whatever, but if there's something else off in our life, you're having chronic pain or you're having mindset issues or you're not like headed in the direction you want to be or something feels off, like it probably is related to something in your past. It just takes a little bit to get there. Like your conscious parts don't always want you to go there because they're trying to protect you and going there can be painful. So yeah, for me, it was, it was challenging and also at times, like not that challenging because I'm pretty open to going there. So yeah, does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. yeah, you were welcoming it, but sometimes you don't even know what you're welcoming because we've like, yeah, shoved it back or we're not even aware shoved of it. it. Yep, yep. It's like connect yeah. brain rewiring for me was like connecting the dots. I was like, oh my God, like all of these things, no fucking wonder I am the way that I am right now because all of this, the, these things have happened and this is how I reacted to it. This is how I tried to protect myself. And for me, brain rewiring, a big part of the process was like taking down some of the walls and the guards that I had put up because I was totally like, yeah, I got this. I'm independent. Like I was like, I don't need anyone. Um, along the way, I kind of learned like showing emotion is like quote weakness and vulnerability is not a good thing. So for me, it's like really taking down those walls and being able to like lead with love instead of leading with like being afraid and trying to like protect yourself from things that haven't even happened yet. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's such a good point. I think so many of us are taught that it's it's not okay to be vulnerable or you shouldn't show emotion or that it's like, again, this like badge of honor or this sign is like that if you, that if you can appear like you have it all together, then, you know, that's like the best way to be, or that's what you have to do. And it's so sad because it's like the opposite is true. Um, but it's funny, like, even I know, like, I don't know if you experienced this at all, but like 
it's like, oh, once we notice these things and start practicing them and rewiring them, like it, it is, it still does feel like an everyday practice for me sometimes to show my vulnerability or show my emotions or talk about this. Like it, it takes, it does, I would say it takes a long time to continue to practice these things and integrate them into your life, which is why, like, I think it's, I think it's important that when you start, like it is a full hour a day and it's like, oh no, I'm like making this commitment. It doesn't have to feel like an overwhelming commitment. It's just like, oh, this isn't something I'm going to start and then stop. It's like something I'm going to practice forever. So, but yeah, I totally, I love the way you put that. Yeah, it has no, it has no end line. Like there's no, there's no finish line. You don't get a reward or a prize. I mean, you do get lots of rewards along the way because (laughs) you feel so much better day to day. But I mean, a lot of the times I hear from people like, I just can't commit that hour. Did you struggle with that at all? And I'm sure the clients, yeah, that you've worked with probably do struggle with that too. Yeah. So I definitely struggled with that. I had to like, just before I even started, I had to be like, okay, I'm going to be doing this for an hour a day. I almost had to like say it out loud, like every day before I even started to like, let my system know, like, this is something we were going to be doing. And that this is something that I needed all my, all my, my physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual aspects. I needed everyone on board (laughs) because if somebody was resistant or hesitant, like I knew it wasn't going to work. So I, I definitely took some time before I even started to like prep myself that this is what we were going to do. And then, and then, yeah, I struggled with it a lot, to be honest. And, and when I started, I gave myself, so everybody's different. I think some people do much better with like doing the same thing every single day. And that's, what's going to get them the best results, best result, meaning do it for an hour. For me, I'm like, I don't know if in human design, I'm a manifester. I work in births. I am very like right brained, right minded. Like I just need a lot of like flexibility because I know I'm going to feel different every day. And I really do feel different every day. So I gave myself permission to, I was like, I don't like, I don't care when, at what point in your day you do it, or if you do one round and then three rounds or two and two, or like, I didn't put like huge parameters for myself on like, you have to lay down for this hour and do it. And that was setting myself up for success. Someone else might have to structure it differently, but, um, when I was struggling, what would really help me would be like, okay, you do two before you get up, like before you get up in the morning, it's like, you just have to allow that extra time, set your alarm. And I do two in the morning, which I actually think is kind of nice. We're in those different, like different brainwave states. And so, um, I really enjoyed it in the morning. And then I would do like two before bed. Some days I would, you know, be, do it right in the middle of the day and loved that. Like, um, I would just make sure that the day before I knew when I was planning to brain rewire, like the next day, I didn't usually just you know, like leave it until that day. I just did like usually the day before. Um, but yeah, I would say that it's normal to feel like an hour is daunting, but then I would also say it's like incredibly doable. Like we don't even realize how much time we waste, um, like scrolling and yeah, I know everyone talks about that, but it's true. Like we waste a shit ton of time on our phones, just mindlessly scrolling. And so, and then also like, I'm sure you've talked about this too. It's like, so much fun to brain rewire and like imagine your reality and just like take a rest. And so, um, yeah, I ended up really, really enjoying it, but I definitely would have certain days that I only got through three rounds. And that was another important piece for me is I didn't get mad at myself or say I was failing or doing it wrong. If I only did three rounds, I would be like, you still got a hundred percent gold star for three rounds with my clients. Um, I, 
I just figure out like what we need to do to make this work for them. And then we start there. So like I have some clients that I actually, you know, only started saying like, let's aim for two rounds a day because like they were very far from being able to do four rounds a day. And then after about two or three weeks, they themselves were able to ramp it up um, and do four rounds. Like it was amazing to watch, but they, they really saw the benefit and they loved it. And so the ones that struggled in the beginning always ended up being like the most consistent actually with it. So it's cool how it's a really cool process. It's cool how it works. And I think having support and a coach and somebody to talk about what's coming up with you is really valuable. Um, yeah. How about you? Did you think it was hard at first? Oh, absolutely. I was like, there's no way I have an hour a day. And then I realized like, I actually have a lot of hours a day when it's prioritizing yourself, because that's what it is. Like, I think sometimes there's some disconnect between what we say we want and then our actions, obviously. So it's like, it's just getting those two to align. And for me, I'm a projector. I love how you brought human design into this. I know that's a big part of what you do. For me, I do like having kind of that structure. And I'm more of like a mid afternoon gal I'm like 1 p.m 2 p.m like because that's when I notice like my clients don't reach out as much as in the afternoon my dms aren't as full like I just don't have as much going on so for me that felt really good to like fit it in there and I think to being able to like really like thought shift around that and be like I'm doing this for me like this is everything that I'm doing in this hour this is for me this is my time and I love what you said too about like if I only did three rounds like I get 100% for those three rounds it's not I get 75% because I didn't do all four of them it's like you have to meet yourself where you're at for that day and also like I feel super off like if I if I missed a couple days during it and I was like I just feel weird like I was like I craved that time after after a little bit because it it becomes so fun to see like, here's what I want my life to look like. And then you start seeing your life actually look like that. And it becomes, I don't want to say addictive, but you're like, this is really cool. Like starting to see all of this pay off. Yeah. Yeah. You make so many good points. And I kind of want to emphasize, like you started with like, it was for me, like I was prioritizing myself and that is radical actually. Like in our, like just talking to, you know, I talk to people, all day long, variety of different types of people and all different walks of life doing all different kinds of things, different priorities. And like common denominator is like, nobody thinks it's really okay or does it, but nobody really prioritizes themselves. Like very few people truly do. And like, just think about that for a moment. Like, why is it not okay for me to prioritize myself? Like that right there is like, I've done a lot of work around like, can I look myself in the mirror and say, I love you? You know, why, why can I like for, for, you know, overachievers, it's like, I can push myself so hard through this workout or force myself to get my eyebrows waxed or like, I don't know, whatever thing that's supposed to be some sort of like self-care, but why is it crazy that I would like, literally devote an hour a day to taking care of myself, my parts, like healing my trauma or looking myself in the mirror and saying, I love you, like starting to ask those questions. And it's like, even once you ask them, it's like, okay, well, I do love myself or I think I do. And then it's like, okay, but why can't I still do it? And it's like, it, 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 it takes time to like unpack the layers and to really get deep into how you truly feel about your time and your body and your like existence on this like planet. I don't know. We could go in so many different ways, but like I think about my friend and she like, or, you know, one of my friends and she has such a complicated relationship to her physical body and has so many body image things going on. And like, she's come a long way and has been able to start 
doing, you know, some type of some brain rewiring and shifts, but like, it's still an everyday thing of like, oh, it's okay to prioritize me and to put myself first. Like, like I can put my oxygen mask on first, like that whole thing, like we all hear it, but then putting it into practice, I've found is like a whole new ball game. So I love this conversation. And I think it needs to be just like reiterated over and over again, because even as coaches, it's like, I know this. And then sometimes I still find myself, you know, having trouble prioritizing my needs. So yeah, it's super important. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, just giving yourself permission to like be where you're at, but also being like really realistic. Like, why am I potentially feeling resistance to this? It's because like your your entire life is going to change once you start brain rewiring. And I think for some people that can be kind of scary. Like it's that fear of the unknown. I don't know what my life is going to look like. And it's sometimes hard to trust that it's going to look better. So it's like, yeah, no wonder you're going to be resistant to some of this work because yes, it's going to dig up some shit and you're going to have to face it. But also like, what does that mean for your life then? Mm, that's such a good point. And I, uh, yeah, I think we, our brains like what they know. It's really hard. Like it's really hard to, um, to kind of, kind of change these patterns. And, but, but we like familiarity. It's like, we would choose maybe a worse in quote relationship or a worse in quote job or a worse in quote, like whatever, if it was familiar as opposed to the unknown. And so, I think that's kind of what you're hitting on, like, just being open to this idea that like, you might not even be able to like, imagine or fathom the amazing possibilities for your future, but just getting comfortable getting out of your comfort zone, which sometimes isn't something that like, sometimes I do um, more like somatic things with people, or we'll do a new a new movement or a new activity or like, do I don't I don't mean get out of your comfort zone movement wise like pushing it wise but I mean like oh we'll do like a balance and like a block balance movement or something and get them out of their comfort zone physically um and sometimes that can help them like start to make other shifts so there's different ways to to kind of do this but yeah it's it's an important conversation um we it's scary it's scary like that you know and just be like yeah I'm scared I'm scared to let happen to be like I'm scared for the unknown I'm scared for what this means and from a human design perspective I'm a non-specific manifester. I don't know um, if you're, are you specific or non-specific? Specific Um, for sure. You're you're specific. (laughs) Okay. So that's probably helpful to hear. Like, so for me, I almost feel like I get even more afraid to, because I'm like, I don't know, you know, and I'm not really supposed to know. I'm just supposed to continue imagining how I want to feel and have this sort of like very general blueprint of like how I want things to feel as I continue. But it's like, it's almost like, can feel paralyzing or really scary to be like, it needs to look this particular way. So I've really gotten good at practicing, like doesn't need to look any particular way. I just know it's going to be amazing. Oh, I can feel it in my body. It's going to be amazing. And, and starting to like, trust, trust myself that, that I'm going to make that happen. And so, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's a little different for you than if you can, if you're more specific around it. Oh yeah. All the details, all the details that I can get seriously is like really helpful. And I think, um, and I'll link it to in the show notes, like how to go about figuring out if you're a specific or non-specific manifester. And I've definitely talked about human design on the podcast before and kind of like how to find your type and how to get your chart and everything. But being able to, for me, like list out everything that I wanted to see come true was almost like, okay, once I started to see those little things, then I could start to believe in it more. And for me, that was really helpful. And I think a lot of the times people kind of know deep down, like, 
if you're somebody that's like, I just can't sit down to think about the details, you're probably a non-specific manifester. Like it's probably going to feel really good for you to like have that permission to be like, you don't need the details, just forget it. Yes, that was exactly my experience when someone was like, oh no, you're not meant to have it spelled out. You don't actually need a five-year plan. I was like, oh, oh, like that was like the best feeling in the entire world. And then I can just kind of walk around with this inner knowing, this inner trust that it's all going to be amazing. And like, it is like, it's true. Right. And, and, but all this brain rewiring and trauma, like all this work has led me to be like, I can trust and it's true. And I'm not, I'm not here to be specific. The most amazing things are going to present themselves as I just continue on my journey and on my path, staying true to who I am, et cetera. Versus like, I know I have some clients who are specific like you and it's like, they, it feels so good to them to be like, yeah, I want it to cost this much and I want it to look like this and it's going to come in like this, you know, that's like soothing to them. So I think that I love that. Like your style does end up, I think a lot of, in a lot of cases, sometimes not always, but it ends up feeling almost soothing to your system to be able to think of it um, in that way. And one other thing you said that that reminded me of this point is like, sometimes when you first start rewiring it, it's like, the amazingness that happens in almost immediately. Like it's like the first time I rewired for consultation. It was like right after I like went to the bathroom and was like, oh, like, this is no, like, you know, like, it's like, no. Right. Like versus like after years of like, I was like, this is what is happening. Um, and so it's, it's, it's sometimes I've, I've noticed that for people, they can start and get super, super excited, but then they might like feel like they plateau where things aren't shifting as fast. And, so that's where it's important to keep in mind that the whole like, okay, this is a lifelong journey thing and, and unpacking these things and diving through them does take time and things are supposed to happen when they're meant to happen. So um, just allowing yourself to feel patient and like trust the process is, is an applicable statement in this context. Like I would just remind people not to get discouraged if like they um, it, at first feel a huge impact and then things like settle down, like, okay, like things aren't supposed to all happen. Like necessarily super, super, super rapidly, like all the time. So that's important to like, keep going, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) trusting the process. That's probably one of the biggest things that I got out of brain rewiring too, is just like, trusting that, you know, however it does unfold, like that's how it was meant to. And for you as a business owner, like how has brain rewiring positively impacted you? I know you went into brain rewiring, really wanting to have your gifts be seen and to like share more of your message with the world. So how has that shown up for you now? Yeah, so it's definitely different. <laughs> it's definitely quite different. Um, I, 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 something I learned is that so some like through the process, I learned that I was I'm very comfortable being me and and sharing all my stuff with with friends or or clients or talking to you like just with another person. But what was tripping me up so much was holding my phone in front of my face on Instagram and talking to me. And that was like a profound realization for me kind of, cause I was like, Oh, you're, you're cringing or you're having issues showing up for, for you. It was like, you can show up when you almost can't see your reflection and you're just talking to someone else. Like the magic is coming through and, and you're in it. But when you go to, to talk, but you're, you're just, I mean, obviously I'm going to share it with people, but really when I'm doing it, it's like, I'm only just seeing me. That's when I was really getting tripped up about sharing and being open. So that really led me to like practicing um, and visualizing myself in my rounds, like 
like thinking, imagining me talking and talking to myself in front of the mirror and like having to find a new, like redefining what loving myself meant. And that meant starting to, I started out with trying to be neutral with like the sound of my voice and like how my face looks when I talk. And like, I literally had to do these, like these things. Um, and then, and then now it's like so different. Like now I can just like pick up my phone truly and like fucking go for it. Um, but it was a process and, um, yeah, but, but rewiring, like you said, it, it brought all these things to light and it got me to ask these, these bigger questions. Um, and also I think, developing this like inner knowing that it's like okay I know like I don't there's many things I don't know right like lots I don't know but I do know I'm here to share my gifts with the world and to or with the people that are meant to hear them really manifest I'm not actually here for everyone but I'm here for certain people and if I'm too scared to to share them like okay well that's not gonna go well like that's not that's not it right so I was like I have to get into this fear and figure it out and so it's been super, super helpful for me in, in that regard. Um, and, and it's like that part of it for me is like, okay, if we're talking about scaling, it's like, I'm super comfortable just talking to people. I don't get nervous, but it was like talking to me on my own Instagram. That was my issue. But it was like, that's how you get out there. That's how you connect with people. Right. Why is this such a block? And so I did a lot of work around that. Um, yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. As a business coach, like I cannot tell you, like, pretty much every single one of my clients struggles with that in the beginning. They're like, I just cannot, I cannot talk into my phone. And it's, it's not just like that. You can't do it. It's, it's the deeper, the confidence issues, the, yep. It's the, you know, what is my worth? What is my value? And really digging into that. So I'm really glad that you were able to use brain rewiring for that and really, you know, honestly, like gain that confidence and just kind of separate yourself from like this. It's not just for me. It's, it's for other people. So they can hear my message. So with that, what are some of the capacities that you work with people right now? Are you taking clients? Like, I'll link everything in the show notes too, to where people can learn more from you. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. So, so yeah, I have a couple of different things going on. Like we said, it's multi-passionate, multi-dimensional. So um, number one is I have a movement membership and um, the way it's set up is there's like a big library of classes and they're separated by movement type. Cause my big philosophy is that we all need a variety of movement nutrients to stay well balanced. So like it has, Everything can be done at home, but it has like a strength training section, a cardio section, a restorative movement and mobilized section, yoga, mat-based functional movement, active breathing, movement snacks. So like I want you to be able to like wake up and then do what's right for you that day. That's why I structured it like that. So the membership includes the library, two live classes a week and a a community so you can ask questions and stuff. So um, that you can join. And then I do some small group training just on Zoom, um, like two to six people. Um, and that's move, mostly movement we do in, in that setting. A um, lot of body awareness, like slow controlled movements to help you figure out like your relate, your, you know, what's going on at your rib cage and your pelvis and your abs and your core and help people get into their bodies a little bit differently than we've been taught. And then for, I do some small number of one-on-one clients and mostly that's looking like a combination of brain rewiring and some movement built in. Cause I'm finding that um, it's really helpful to sometimes like do a meditation or get into your body or do some movement. Um, and like that's in conjunction with 
the brain rewiring. So that's like a three month program. Um, you know, it's much more like, okay, is this the right fit? Is this the right time for you to be doing this? Um, it wouldn't be like the right fit for just anyone. Um, and yeah, so a couple of one-on-one options, small group movement training. And then, and then also if you ever wanted to pop into a yoga class, you didn't want to join the membership, you just wanted a class, um, every Friday and Sunday. And it's very, like it's called, I call it yoga, but it's really not yoga. It's like, um, how can we take the vibe and the compassion and the mindfulness of a yoga class, but actually practice like strengthening our joints and tissues in a more functional way, being a bit explorative, that kind of a thing. So it's kind of like my own creation of a couple of different things combined together. So that's what I have going on if you want to check anything out. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's so fantastic. And I'll link all of that in the show notes too, so that they can connect with you further. And for me, it's just so refreshing to hear your perspective on everything because, you know, sometimes you can feel like you're just like yelling into the void. You're like, no, like it's deeper than that. It's all connected. But like, it's so nice to hear somebody else actually like reiterate that too. And really at the root of all things, it's like, how do you feel in your body every day? Because that's the thing that's the most important. So I really just want to say thank you so much for coming on and being able to spread that message even further. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was just thinking this conversation is like cathartic just to talk to someone who who feels similarly. And yeah, I think just like some really important takeaway questions is like, how do you feel in your body every day? And that's like a great starting place. Um, So yeah, I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Chelsea. This was awesome. Yes, thank thank you. you. Thank you so much to Jenna for coming on the show. I will link everything so that you can find and connect with Jenna further. And again, if you are interested in brain rewiring, Synergy has just six spots left and I would love to have you in the program. I cannot wait for this to start. We get started in less than two weeks. I can't believe it. The countdown is on getting everything set up, all of the communication channels. And I am just so excited to see the transformations that are going to unfold and happen. And it really is those little like bonus things that you get out of brain rewiring that are often the most impactful. So thank you so much for listening to this show. I appreciate it. Please go leave a rating and a review if you feel called to. It really helps me. It helps other people find the show as well. And I will talk to you next episode.